Hi and welcome to the MMU Photography Podcast, a weekly informal conversation with the guests that have been kind enough to join us during our Wednesday morning Village Green Lecture Series. The lectures this term are centred around the theme of photographic communities. We will be welcoming a range of photographers, artists, organisers and academics to talk about the importance of working collectively in their research and practice. This week, Alicia Hart, Sarah Howe and I are joined by artist Ibrahim Azab and we talk about the Revolve Collective, funding, uh, what to do after you graduate, photography and capital and sampling. Um, So my name is Ibrahim Azab. Uh, I'm a photographic and space artist uh, working in London. I'm born and raised in Slough, um, graduated from the Arts University of Bournemouth in 2017. Um, alongside being an artist, I do work as a curator and to make money, uh, I work as a photo assistant on commercial sets and as an art technician on the side. Maybe we could start with Revolve because we're talking about Revolve and tell us a bit about how you got into it and what you do with them and, and all of that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, when was it? In, the year I graduated was 2017 uh, from AUB. Um, as I was explaining in the talk as well, it's kind of like a, I remember it was sort of like a year of feeling a bit lost, like not really knowing what was going on or like, um, even though we had like professional practice unit at uni, it was, you know, first steps into the real world, I think. Um, so there was sort of this sort of like desperation to find people who were like as hungry to to continue making work and like doing projects together um, and sort of, yeah, being on that, on that wave of just keep making stuff. So um, I was quite fond of Revolve, like following them online um, and I really like what they do as they appeared online was like, you know, a group of really young people doing like significant stuff for the photographic like community and undergraduates and stuff like that. So I, it's kind of like a natural magnet of like, oh, you know, these guys are the same as me. So yeah, I just approached them via email, like asking if they needed any help with anything. Uh, like, you know, it, even just invigilating shows or whatever. Um, or writing on the website, doing articles. But they actually approached me uh, at 17 Gallery while Bournemouth were doing their work in progress show. I think it was their third year's sort of like end of year show. And uh, yeah, we just remember had a really good chat that night and spoke about some ideas. I remember at the time, like I really wanted to curate a show around like self-portraiture and the idea of like the unseen and consciousness. So from is kind of like I guess an extension or like a bridge from my FMP at Bournemouth. Mm. Um, I went on to curate introspective um, and that was sort of like I guess a flagship in what we were going to continue doing so yeah that's what we've been doing so far pretty much. I've mainly been working as a curator as, as part of uh, Revolve but jumping in on all the other little projects out there doing at the moment so um, yeah so what we do is like do workshops for schools um, and other organisations um, and we host talks with galleries um, and what else do we do? Yeah, symposiums and we also set up open calls and exhibitions for undergraduates and emerging artists as well. Um, so yeah, it's really, really good, good group of people to be a part of. Yeah, for sure. Hard. 
Ibi, have you received any Arts Council funding for Revolt or any kind of community engagement funding so far? We've not in that, in, in that way. We, obviously we've been paid for some work that we've done, such as workshops and stuff, but that's all private. Um, and we haven't received like a single penny from Arts Council at all. So everything that we've done so far has totally been independent and off our own backs, like from our own pockets. Um, so, you know, like all the money that we do make from workshops, like we don't pay ourselves, we just put it straight into like the Revolve account and we use that to do further uh, work. So like more workshops and, and whatnot. So it is like we, we're running at sort of like non-profit capacity mm -hmm. at the moment. Um, but what we're doing at the moment is putting together what we do want to do for next year and basically start our first um, funding application through the Arts Council. So yeah, 2021 should be the year where hopefully bigger things are happening. Um, but yeah, it's taken some time to get to that point. We've just had four, five, six, seven, uh, three more people join the collective since then. So yeah, it's, we're getting bigger and we sort of need a bit more source material. Um, so yeah, hopefully it will start shifting soon. It'll be good. Yeah, yeah. I'm really interested in how things like start, especially after uni. It's like a really tough time. You described that first year feeling lost. Yeah, like, yeah. It's hard, man, isn't it? But I, I, is. I thought we said in the chat earlier, like you were all extremely nice to work with, like like super yeah. affable, and and like um, uh, it's kind of interesting to hear that you were sort of finding it quite a tough year. And yet you came across always really positive and all this sort of, sort of mm -hmm. um, stuff, and. Uh, just just kind of advice to students and what to do in that year and how, how to kind of um start i guess like how do you start what's the first thing you do well i would first thing i'd say is like don't ever stop making work like no matter if you think it's like the shittest thing you've seen or like the best thing you've seen whatever like it's it's your it's your thing like it's your life <clears throat> so yeah, one, don't ever stop making work. Two, stay passionate about what you do as well because that's the thing that is going to keep you going like through the toughest times. Um, you know, as I was saying before, like I was making pictures in my attic, which is about three, four foot tall. Like, I couldn't even stand up in it, but it was like, you know, I found this process of making pictures that helped me make sense of like what's going on in my life right now or like the things that I was interested in um, and so forth. So, yeah, and that's, I think that's it. Just stick, stick to your path and like stick to what you've been doing and don't be afraid to fuck it up because you can't make, you know, you, you, you can't get better without like making mistakes, basically, and realising them for yourself. Um, and just being open about everything, you know, like especially your feelings and stuff. There, there, there are people out there to help you and that feel the same way as you. Um, so yeah, I think they're the three points basically. Just stay uh, strong. <laughs> on that, Ibby, I know obviously on a personal level you surround yourself for, with very good people and obviously quite a few of them are your mentors. I just want yeah. you to sort of talk to the students about the importance of kind of connecting with people and kind of finding people that um, I think we said earlier, like you not only give to but you know, you receive and this kind of mutual respect that you have yeah. um, and any advice on, on, on sourcing those people? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'd say, I'd say, first of all, just be a good person, man. Like, 
you know, be polite to everyone and work as hard as you can on everything that you do. Because then, you know, that will show everyone else that you are hard working and you really do believe in what you're doing. And once you do show them that they're willing to open their doors to you and they're willing to help you out because they can see that, you know, like you're working hard and whatever, and this is what you want. Um, you know, I think Tom Lovelace is like a perfect example. Like, I never really expected much from him or like vice versa, but it's funny whenever I like help him assist on a, on a shoot or whatever, he doesn't call it like assisting me. It's like doing him a favor and after that, like, I'll do you a favor sort of thing. And, you know, it's like the same with your mates. Like, yeah, with, with, with your friends, you, you help each other out. And they're the people who sort of like really help you get to the next stage. Um, so, you know, like, first of all, it's besides the work or photography, it's like being a good person and like being helpful to people. Um, and then, like, you know, photography comes into it. But that's the one thing I, was, like, I should have said before is, like, if, you, if your work is good, like, you shouldn't really have to worry about anything else apart from just being a good person and working hard. Like, that will take you further than you ever expected, I think. Um, and those people will push you on to do better things. And, like, and especially, I think this is, you know, I haven't really fully decided yet about doing a master's, but because I am surrounded by these people for for a fairly long time and they do respect me and I really respect them. I have that help 24 seven. I could literally text someone right now if I had an issue, be like, Hey, I'm having a really hard time with this thing. Like, can you help me out? And those people have like, yeah, they've been in the art world for years and years. So they have all the experience to share. Um, and so yeah, vice versa with me is like, if at any point I can share helpful information, I do with like younger artists and people who are like working hard and whatnot. So, yeah, I think that's speech. Yeah, just be a good person and work hard. <laughs> that's the main thing. Where would you, your MA? Oh, sorry, Sarah. No, I was just saying, testament to Tom Lovelace's kind of sharing capacity that pretty much every speaker that we've got in, and obviously we've got them in because yeah. we have connections with them, but he's helped everybody out in some way. Yeah. And that's like kind of, mm. I'd love to sort of be able to do that for other people. And I think kind of. Absolutely. Doesn't it? Like you, yeah, yeah, yeah. That goes goes on. I'd say to me, Tom's like the the godfather of the photography industry at the moment. You know, mm. sort of like everyone knows who he is, and you know, if you know him well enough, he, he you know that he's helped you out a lot, and you really believe in people that work hard. You know, mm. like earlier when I was talking about that tutorial, he was affiliated with a different year group. Like he didn't have to do that for me, but you know, we had a tutorial like towards the end of my degree, and it was like one of the most informal and important chats I've had like if I think about it in terms of my career or whatever um, so yeah like those people are hands down like the most important where would you study for your MA if you were going to see that's the thing I don't know like it's and I think if it was an MA it wouldn't be photography it would be probably be something weird in like marketing or like art history uh, or anthropology or something that isn't, you know, particularly directly related to art. But um, I don't know is the answer to that, to be honest. I haven't really looked around. I think ECAL looks like a pretty good spot, like, to do to do a Masters. But, um, yeah, again, like, if I had it my way, like, I probably, you know, this isn't to say that you shouldn't go to uni, but I probably wouldn't have gone to uni if I were already surrounded by the people 
that could like push you forward so you know because i know people like like i have a friend ruben um he grew up in south london and it's like you know one of the most culturally rich places in the uk uh like loads of musicians there and like he grew up with quite a lot of significant musicians and he was before you like he still went to university but like before university he had very sound understanding of just like people and like direction of your work and stuff like that and i think if you have that and like you have confidence to push it forward then there's nothing really to worry about and, and again like being surrounded by those people but you know, yeah, going to uni, as I said before in the talk, like, I was quite patronised by contemporary art, like, before going to uni, like, I was going to join the army, that's sort of how far down the line it was. Um, but yeah, it sort of, you know, helps you in different ways and stuff. But yeah, as I said, I've got those people around me now, so it's sort of like, maybe at some point I'll do a master's, but I don't know where, really. Goldsmith looks pretty nice as well, to do art history. I think that's where Tom done his. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Be nice to talk about your work. It was a sort of talk about your sort of professional practice, but like what's going on in the work for you at the moment? It's kind of interesting to the um, uh, a, a bit of Marx involved and this kind of um, sort of critique of the language of capital, I guess, and like yeah. photography. Yeah. Photography is the kind of um. The mouthpiece of that, in some ways, isn't it? So it's kind of it's yeah, super absolutely. interesting to see somebody engage with that in, in a critical way. Mm. I think while I was while I was at university, uh, um, Walter Benjamin was sort of like a big inspiration, and I think you know, like for a lot of students, is one of the first practitioners they're introduced to. Um, and I got sort of really obsessed with the idea of like manufacturing and reproduction and sort of like and i think as well growing up in this generation is sort of like the disposable generation in a way like always growing around you know like plastic and shitty materials and whatnot so sort of become accustomed to that and i guess like growing up not really realizing why but now i'm at i think at a particular age of you know just starting to mature and directing my work in a very particular way like i started to find out the reasons why like all these you know ideologies that we've been growing up around quite a lot and not really understanding it. Um, and I think a starting point of, you know, thinking like that was through my internship at the photo agency as an intern, cutting up like magazines and tearing out pages. And I remember sitting there just like, I fucking hate this job. Like, <laughs> just archiving pictures from really rich photographers and just thinking like, what, you know, what are you, what, are you guys trying to achieve or like what's the end goal in this and thinking what are the what's the usage of these pictures and like the reason why they're being made is to try and sell stuff um going beyond that is like trying to sell stuff that you don't even want or like you'd never what you know so yeah i started getting really interested in the idea of like things become something from absolutely nothing or you know like you're being told your whole life that this is the thing that you're interested in like you should keep doing it blah, blah. but finding photography i think was a way of trying to explore everything around me and like capturing it and going back to it and you know really thinking about like why did i photograph that thing or like from from like a fairly young age like 16 i picked up a camera so yeah it, i'd soon realize that 
photography as a platform to reflect upon like the events that happen around us and why I've grown up in a certain way or certain things that I'm interested in or attracted to. Um, and then more, more recently is the idea of like completely breaking <laughs> it apart and like, you know, going off the saying like ripping it off and stuff like that, you know, like literally tearing stuff apart and putting it back together and making it something that I understand as, as a human, I guess. Um, so yeah. And I was working with like flat paper materials from FOP DTMM was like directly from that frustration of like cutting magazine pages out and not being able to afford most of the shit that I see in there. But you know, now it's, I've, I've been collecting like objects and like really tacky cheap objects and, general sort of things that we've always been surrounded by. Um, and I think in turn that it's not directly meant to be political, but I think in turn like reflects a lot of what our generation have been gone through or like, you know, the sort of material that we're sensitized to um, and sort of saying like, no, that's, you know, it's kind of wrong. I don't know, like a lot of it is kind of wrong. We've just been like fed all this information that is not really relevant. Um, so yeah. I think at the moment it's about like breaking it all apart and sort of reimagining new futures, I guess. What artists would you say have influenced you? Like the most current kind of conversation? Visual artists or any, any. Yeah. Any artists. Um, oh, it's a hard one, man. It's a hard one. I think a lot of people would probably see it as well, but I remember being at uni and loving Lucas Ballock, like, he was, yeah, that was, that was amazing. And he, cause he was working with sort of like large format film as well. And then reformatting it into digital spaces. Um, so he was a big inspiration. Daniel Gordon as well, which is also another New York artist, which works with still life. Um, yeah, there's so many, man. I don't know how to go through them. Yeah. Walter Benjamin obviously was like a big one for reading. Um, Herman Hess is another um, author. She wrote a book called Siddhartha, um, which one of my friends, Josh, gave to me for my birthday or Christmas. Um, and that's, sort of, yeah, was like a really important text for me, I think. Not in terms of just photography, but just general, like, getting through life and figuring out what's going on. Um, musically, I like, music's a big part of my inspiration, I think. Like, um, I think more for the idea of, like, keeping you going and, like, sticking to your your path and yeah I grew up like around rap music quite a lot like my brother was a garage MC back in the day so yeah it was all sort of like based around energy and things like that and I think it's sort of shown from my work as well to a certain degree is this idea of like energy and you know, staying positive and stuff like that and yeah it's all sort of very retrospective I think um, I think like music and yeah. collage are like super interesting in, in a relationship okay. like um like Larry Archempong, um, artist and photographer uh, and sound artist or, or musician as well, had a residency at British Library and he was um, sort of seeing like um, the sampling of this remixing and, and sort of reappropriation and re sort of presenting of sound, I guess. Yeah, and I, yeah. I can sort of see you doing that in your work, especially yeah, in a yeah. kind of collage way. So like a link, it's kind of interesting to hear that like, um, sort of electronic music or, or like sample music was kind yeah, of yeah 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 funny enough um, that work FOP DTMM sort of was kickstarted by one album that I listened to 
during that time I was like stuck at home where I didn't really know what was going on. Like I was doing an intern job uh, and it's by this band called Portico Quartet. And funny enough, it was called, um, oh, what was it called? I'm trying to have to remember the, the um, title of the album, but it was based off uh, art in the age of mechanical reproduction. So it was like another sort of interpretation of Walter Benjamin and they had sort of infused it within their music. And what was interesting was they used very traditional uh, instruments as, uh, alongside like electronic sampling and sort of things like that. So I've, and the actual sound of it is like extremely visceral and you sort of like get lost within it. And I thought that's, you know, photography definitely has that element to it. Um, and I was sort of thinking about how do I bring that out? Because I think that was like the mindset is that sort of like flowing through space. Um, and time and reappropriating different sort of things that you experience like throughout your life is yeah i always try to think of it as like one sort of big soup <laughs> there's a different ingredient so yeah yeah in no terms of sculptures i could sorry it's got yeah marcel duchamp obviously is like yeah he's a king to me like he's amazing and uh um jean-michel basquiat like you know, not to be too obvious, but just like in my books, they're like kings. So, yeah. <laughs> massive inspirations. And any graffiti artists? Because you would have grown up in that era. Yeah, I mean, bearing in mind, like growing up for the first, I think, well, probably five, six years, like the internet wasn't really around like that. And I only knew graffiti through like around my like local neighborhood, just tagging stuff up with like a couple of mates. And I wasn't really like aware of like big graffiti artists at the time and stuff. Like I didn't have any books on them or whatever. Like I didn't have any art books back then. Um, so to me, it was just like kind of, kind of like vandalism, but like, you know, trying to say something at the same time. Um, but then, yeah, I worked for Obey clothing for a while as like their in-house photographer and sort of grew to not really like not really like Shepherd Ferry's work <laughs> too much um after like what it's turned into now but yeah I have I mean Banksy I think from a young age has obviously been like quite impactful just actually like seeing his work in public as well um, but at the moment I'd say uh, this guy 10 foot he's like pretty on it like, I like his stuff it's good um, but yeah, in terms of graffiti artists, I'm not too like too knowledgeable about that. Mm. So. I really want to ask the question, but I keep having to wait until it's quiet with me. Go, but, go ahead. <laughs> so I'm interested in how, because you talk about, you kind of talk about things being quite, there's a political stance in your work in some way, like you touch upon that. Um, and you're talking about kind of you connecting with different audiences that might not normally uh, kind of engage with uh, contemporary art, actually. Mm. Um, and how can, obviously, you've worked with sort of some commercial galleries as well, uh, say like Sid Motion Gallery. Kind of how do you um, kind of navigate that working between these different spaces? And, and where do you see, where do you want your work to be? Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, funny, sort of like, I got asked this question with Natasha Carano as well on an interview is like, you know, you're now working in commercial environments and stuff like that and your work is available to be sold and whatnot. Um, 
and that's not to say I'm not represented by any gallery. Like I'm not represented by any sort of body of people. Like I represent myself, like to a certain degree. Um, so, in my eyes, like what the most important thing is, like first of all, the most important thing is making the work itself, and secondly, is trying to get it out to as many people to share that message. And it's not. It's you know it's it's weird because we we work in like very sort of complicated circles at the moment like through social media and whatnot and I think like social media has been sort of a big helping hand in, in the fact that you don't have to be in phone magazine or like you don't have to be in all these magazines to get your work out to an audience like and it's been quite interesting like you know I think we're possibly like the first generation of artists or like you know one of the, the few first generations to be presented online like that and sort of taken on a much more independent standpoint on representation. Um, so I think like, I still think of it as representing myself, but kind of like through collaborative ways because it is actually getting harder for galleries to sell work at the moment and stuff like that. And like people like Sid understand that and like people like Vivian understand that. So they're willing to collaborate with young people like us and like, you know, it's, it's less about what galleries and marketplace have to say now. It's more about like what artists have to say. Um, and I think that's probably what I'm just going to keep continuing doing really is, you know, it's, it's, it's about making friends as well. You know, like I think if you're influential enough and again, you're, you're showing that you really care about it and like not just your own work, but you know, I care about the future of photography and like, I care about the future of our generation and younger people and in politics as well. Like, it's, and I think it almost comes from that thing of not relying for opportunities. It's like curating them for yourself. And if anyone is willing to help me do that, then absolutely, like, that is fine. But I don't think I'll ever get to a point where I'm going to be making specific work for a specific gallery to be campaigned in a specific way or whatever, you know, like, yeah, I think that's it. Sticking to the path, really. <laughs> We spoke about earlier about what you possibly go into Egypt, where your parents are yes. making work. Wanted yeah. to talk a bit about that. Um, it's going to be totally honest. Like growing up, I don't know why I was never really interested in like the history of Egypt or like ancient Egypt and stuff like that. And I think it's because it's so like I've been there a bunch of times with my family and whatever. Like I've sort of seen the things myself, but. Um, yeah, I don't know why I never really got swept away by it. I think, I don't know, growing up in sort of like a suburban place, you're more interested in football and getting graffiti and like all this other stuff. So, yeah, and I've always, you know, had like a, you know, I think my parents are working class, like hardworking people and they've never really sort of understood like contemporary art and as I said before like, I was quite patronized by the idea of contemporary art growing up so there was never really that conversation happening in my house sort of thing um, and that was like the thing I loved the most whereas you know yeah that, that conversation didn't happen that much but as I've grown older like they've you know started to see that this art thing is serious blah blah and actually become successful from it now and whatnot so now they've eased off, I think, about, like, my future and my safety as, as a kid. Like, our relationship's got a lot better. Um, and, yeah, it's, I think once you get to a certain age or once your parents get to a certain age, you start thinking about, like, their relevance to your life or, like, where, 
you know, what did they do when they were growing up? Like, what were they doing when they were 24 or whatever? So it's pending, definitely. Like, funny enough, I actually spoke to my mum the other day saying, I think I might come to Egypt in February or March, you know, just, it's been like four years since, so. But um, yeah, no, there's definitely something there. And I think, funny enough, like looking at Julia Pollock, Pal- I can't pronounce her last name properly, um, Pallaccio, um, the Italian artist, her work's all about like sort of excavation and uh, and geo as well, sort of like looking at all these um, manuscripts and artif- artifacts and stuff from, from when they're from. And it made, really made me think like, oh wow, like Egypt was literally like the richest place in the world when it came to sort of like objects and you know um even forward thinking and like infrastructure and society and things like that so it's i think now the work that i'm making where i am particularly referring to the things that build up our society like looking at somewhere like egypt is like a very interesting standpoint because it's like one of the first societies that were ever formed on the planet of our earth and sort of forge the future from there um so yeah definitely like history is the thing i need to be more on top of but yeah i'd like to go back soon and like have a proper look around and see what it is <laughs> that i'm after but no absolutely um and same goes for ireland as well my mum's from ireland and i don't really know much about the history of ireland so it'll be good to have a little snoop around there as well see what's happening how it relates to my my life but yeah. I really like that in your work there's this kind of intertwining of very personal kind of responses to stuff, but it's also kind of quite kind of politically relevant and kind of engaged as well. And it's a really nice like duality that's mm-hmm. there was um one quote that I really I always keep forgetting names, it was really bad, but one quote was uh the one thing that's bigger than art is life itself. Mm. Um so you know, I always try and just be myself and don't let too much influence you you know like don't let the actual art world influence you or don't let artists influence you as such like you should let them influence your work because at the end of the day you are still just a human being and being being an artist is second to that so you know and as i said earlier like the platform of photography is the space to reflect upon what's happened like it's not where you create these things that have happened you know so yeah that's i think that's probably why it's political i come from a certain generation of like a lot of fucked up shit has happened in my lifetime not to me as such but in general like across the globe and you know sort of like the revolution has been televised well seeing it all unfold on tv and the internet and whatnot like it's just fed back into my visual vocabulary i think um and in turn guess it's turned out to be a bit political but you know the world needs to change a little bit <laughs> that, for me that'd be the perfect comment to end it off <laughs> yeah no it sounds, it sounds good that was really yeah really insightful it's nice to kind of be able to dig in a bit deeper from yeah, yeah. that we didn't manage to get to so, yeah, yeah thanks so much for taking the time with you it's really appreciated no, amazing. Thank you so much. It's really good what you're doing. Podcasts at uni, it's like, it's cool. And every Wednesday, Sarah's telling me you do this. Every Wednesday, yeah. Thanks again to Ibi for joining us and for the plug at the end and for Alicia Hart and Sarah Howe for their questions.
The music for this podcast was provided by Secondary Exchange student Tuka Plonen. And if you would like to hear more, you can ask him about it. And if you would like to donate some of your music to the podcast, please get in touch. Thanks for listening.